1: Please rise for their majesties of Royally Obsessed, the podcast for all things royals. Stand by. Three cheers for Her Majesty the Queen.
0: Do you hear that, Rachel? I do. Do sound of wedding bells. This is a very special episode this week. We are bringing you a flashback to Princess Diana and Prince Charles's royal wedding it's the 40th anniversary this year i cannot believe it oh my gosh before we get into it all of our royal reminders get it out of the way so welcome back to really obsessed i'm roberta i'm rachel and it is time for this very special episode. We are diving deep into the royal wedding. We have so many fun things to talk about this week. A couple of royal reminders. Follow us on Instagram at royallyobsessedpodcast. Send us an email at info at gallery podcasts, That's an S on the end, dot com. We've gotten some DMs about the email address. So I hope that we get some new listener emails after that. And... Rachel, how are you doing this week?
1: I'm good. I just want to take a beat to talk about the delightful Prince George birthday picks that we got. Surpri- you know, we expected them when we talked about it last week, but I feel yeah. like, oh, I just, I, I mean, what was your reaction? Did I mean, they exceed expectations for you? For me, they did because I just love, like, I, I want in my spare time to do like a side by side of... George at every age. I know it was probably Googleable, but I feel like I just want to do it for myself because I can't get over the evolution of he looks exactly like William and Kate, like a perfect mashup, don't you think? He does, he does. And I do love the special call out. All the
0: press is talking about this. The special call out to Prince Philip with the Land Rover. So, so sweet. I he's adorable but he's also getting so big i just feel like it's like we talked about this last week but he just is like a little man and eight is when i think they start boarding school and so he really is just like I don't know. He's growing up so fast.
1: But what a contrast to the suit and tie pics that we saw. Did you think that? Because it's like here he is in like a, I think it was a Lewis shirt for under 10 euro. And I feel like he just, or not 10 euro, 10 pounds. And I feel like he was honestly just like a little kid at the beach and he looked very like sun-kissed hair and just genuine big smile. So I I was really happy. Way to go, Kate. I love that you mentioned the hair too, because I think like, sorry,
0: William, but, like, he looks like he has Kate's full head of hair, which, thank God, you know, it's not the same color as Kate's, obviously. But that but wouldn't like, show. Would that show at
1: that age? Well, I'm just
0: hoping – or the Diana gene of great oh, yeah. hair. Yeah. Like, hopefully, because yeah. it looks so full. And, like, I think, actually, when – remember you sent that picture to me last week of William yeah, as a nine-year-old? I did. Like, mm-hmm. I do think that his hair does look less – full than full. George's. Yeah, so different textures. I
1: think you get your hair. <laughs> for his future isn't hair it life. like biologically you get your hair genes through your mom? I don't know. I might have made that up. It's not confirmed. Unconfirmed Interesting. science Interesting. right now. I yeah. feel like I have my dad's hair, but okay.
0: <laughs> but yeah, a lot go.
1: of that was the, uh, you know, talk about birthdays. And next week we have Megan's 40th birthday. A big, you know, 40th anniversary big of the milestone. wedding. 40th yeah. birthday for Megan. Very exciting. So lots to look forward to. But on this episode… Very special. I want the wedding bells to ring again. All about Princess Diana and Prince Charles' wedding flashing back. We are also talking about a brand new documentary from ITV and BBC Studios that it comes out the day this episode drops. We got a sneak peek. Woo-hoo. And it's great. So we're gonna we're gonna discuss some of that. And just so in general, good. the impact of Diana and Charles's wedding on today's royals. Because I feel like that, you know, we've seen sort of the ricochet effect, of course, with the evolution of Charles and Diana's marriage and relationship and all of that. So much more. Very exciting. But what are we sipping, Roberta? And now it's time for the weekly royal cocktail. Cheers Cheers. to our special episode. I still have to unpack my um, champagne glasses. (laughs) They're so much Oh my gosh, but you
0: do have a Diana mug, so it's totally fine. My same mug as last week.
1: I'm just sticking with that. It's on theme. So
0: we're cheersing with Bubbly this week for the royal wedding. And as we know from our chat with Noah Rothbaum, drinks expert who came on the pod earlier this month, Charles, Prince Charles actually gave out one of eight royal warrants that the British royal family has for champagne to Lauren Perrier. And so that's his personal pick of champagne. That's the one. So his mum, the queen, has given out seven others, but he had to have Laurent Perrier. So that's really interesting. I love that fun. I love that he gets to
1: give out his own too.
0: (laughs) I know. And that he was so specific. He's like, I can't do these seven other champagnes that are probably like world renowned, whatever. (laughs) But actually, what's interesting, I was looking into this. So Bollinger was actually the champagne that was served at their wedding and at his younger brother, Prince Edward's
1: royal wedding. Mm. Um, So. Bollinger, if you have that on So deck, why the pop, switch? Pop yeah, why on? the – that's yeah. so fun. Yeah. I still I like know. that Noah told us how the little detail of just like topping it off because I feel like I sometimes steer clear of champagne or sparkling wine because I don't want to go all in on a full glass. It could give me a headache. But I like that it's it's really just adding a little bit at the top to make it feel more festive. So that's what I did Adding today. a little bit of, to the top of, of – bubbly, of, of like, you know, a wine or anything. anything. Oh, I love yeah. that. I yeah, love that. So. I know.
0: And you know what comes in handy too if you don't open a whole bottle because it's like – you know, obviously yeah. a big commitment. Is just those little um like La Marca, Those yes. tiny little bottles that you totally can have in the fridge that's just like Just keep those chilled. Yeah. Um I'm a big yeah. fan. All right, well yeah. Cheers. Cheers for our Royal Wedding episode. Cheers. Clink
1: clink clink clink. All right. Well, I did want to squeeze in a royal find of the week that is on theme with this conversation. But, you know, obviously we can't talk about the royal wedding of 1981 without lamenting the fact that we cannot go to the UK right now. For us, Uh, us U.S. space listeners, you know, we can't get over to see this royal style in the making exhibit where the dress is fully on display. But... Some sleuthing, you can browse the gift shop. And I was, I, I was looking to see. I'm clicking see. this link right now. So this to is, see, like, I started with my favorite maybe, but you can buy a Spencer tiara ring. Whoa. Isn't
0: that amazing? That's amazing. Also, this coffee table book looks, looks, is it a book or it's like, it's, oh, it's like uh Oh, it's a magazine, but it's beautiful. It oh, has, yeah. like, a close-up of the sleeve of Diana's dress. Oh, my gosh. Well, I
1: just felt like I love the sort of subtlety of the tiara ring. Like, ring. you'd have to be real insidery y row to know that that's the Spencer <laughs> tiara, and it's just – but it looks really cool. And <gasps> oh, then there's, oh, that is cool. There's the that, tea it's towel. It's really expensive. Oh, yeah. What is it again? It's, it's 50 pounds. Oh, well, just you wait. Um, <laughs> <there's>, <laughs> oh, oh, no. So there's also a tea <laughs> towel, which I thought was lovely, that has, like, the illustration by Elizabeth An- Emanuel of the original dress there's the sunken garden oh, collection beautiful. which is a really yeah. nice nod but this one the faux sapphire choker which as we know was what diana wore with the revenge dress that's 150 pounds
0: oh my gosh but it it's but it's really cool. cool yeah like
1: that could be really good for a halloween costume if yeah. someone had a black 150 dress pounds that. though yeah you gotta shell out
0: but it's an investment,
1: right? <laughs> I won- oh, it's because it's a Sarovsky crystal. Yeah. I mean, it's worth Not it. A, you sapphire, can wear it with a variety obviously. of things. Anyways, check out the gift shop because it's <laughs> just like some Diana merch that you might be kind of interested to in, just have like a little nod to her in your daily life. So had to it share. also
0: feels like we kind of virtually have a taste of the exhibit when we can't know, get over there. So that's nice. Uh, yeah. Like, can they extend it? Hopefully. Hopefully. We'll get into that because we did get actually a little virtual – Yeah, we're going to talk about that. little virtual teaser.
1: So this week in royal history – And now, this week in royal history. The wedding of Prince Charles and Princess Diana on July 29th, 1981, 40 years ago. I was not yet born at that time. I was on the cusp.
0: (laughs) Now, you just reminded me that – so Meghan Markle was born five days later.
1: Weird
0: weird right because it is her 40th this year
1: that's that's wild to me yeah it is that's that's really kind of a cool little it's it is kind of cool if like you had very- like divergent you know what i mean when things kind of like when it intersects but you were yeah living your own life um who knew how history would unfold uh but yeah they were married at st paul's cathedral prince charles was 32 years old and princess diana was Barely 20. Just, I feel like, you know, she had literally just turned 20 when they got married. And St. Paul's Cathedral, as we know, a lot of people get this wrong, actually. Not to call them out, but People Magazine got this wrong in their latest cover story on Diana. They said that they got married at Westminster Abbey. And I was like, oh, no, no, no. It's no, no, no. St. Paul's Cathedral. Um, and it was in front of 2,600 50 guests. So huge splashy occasion. I mean, I feel like it's it can see quite a bit more at St. Paul's Cathedral. Also unique about St. Paul's is that you can see from end to end, which because this was, you know, TV was a huge consideration with this wedding. Right. The cameras really had a clear view. So that was a big mm. deal. You know, also, you can't see the couple up close when you're at Westminster Abbey. There's a little bit of a break, as we've seen, at Kate and William's wedding. Yes. Um, And, you know, Charles liked that you could also have a very massive choir. You know, that music was a big part of it. That's so classic him, I feel like. He was very
0: particular about the music, which we'll get into in a little bit. But I just think that that's, like... So invested in humanities, so invested in the arts, he really wanted to have this huge choir there. So mm-hmm. and some original, original pieces, pieces too. Yeah. yeah, and so
1: we want to play a clip of Diana saying her vows. I, Diana Francis. I, Diana Francis. Take thee, Charles Philip Arthur George.
0: Take thee, Philip Charles Arthur George.
1: To my wedded husband.
0: To my wedded husband.
1: To heaven to hold.
0: To heaven to hold.
1: From this day forward.
0: this day forward.
1: For better, for worse. For
0: better, for worse.
1: For richer, for poorer. For
0: richer, poorer.
1: In sickness and in health.
0: In sickness and in health.
1: To love and to cherish.
0: To love and to cherish.
1: Till death us do part.
0: Till death us do part. I feel like she's so nervous. She she's trying to go through really quickly, which is why she. Probably messed up his name. She like, what did she do? She she it in the wrong order. Yeah, yeah. Philip inverted. Charles
1: instead of Charles Philip. Exactly. Um, and Charles also left out worldly from thy worldly good. So I feel like it was, you know, there were nerves. Of course. There I mean, I can't nerves. imagine the pressure. Um, yeah. She wore this. Incredible taffeta wedding gown by David and Elizabeth Emanuel, as we just talked about, and you know we got a glimpse of that, and also got to hear from Matthew's story on that front when he joined us on the podcast. Just all the details about that, the Laura Ashley 1980s vibe. It was just over it was the so top, fun very to hear. princessy. Yeah. So fun to hear from him, too, because he's such an expert
0: on it and has so many little insights and details into Diana's fashion. Mm -hmm. But what's really, really cool, I think, about this exhibit and one of the things that makes me want to go so bad, even though we've already had a virtual preview of it, we were lucky enough to get a press invite to it. But one of the things that's so cool is, like, they've redone the orangery at Kensington Mm -hmm. Palace. And so they actually can display her train. At the full 25 feet that it takes up, which is incredible. It's just like jaw dropping because I don't think you realize, even from the TV footage of the royal wedding, you know, it's kind of pulled back. And so it does look so stunning and it takes up so much space and the bridesmaid girls are so far behind her. But just to see it that up close and how truly magnificent of a dress it was would just be I don't know, I awe-inspiring? I don't know. I feel yeah, like, I need, be, like, like I need, like, have
1: chills. I need time alone. I just need to, like... <laughs> I mean, I did look back at the fact that I did see it at Foxwoods Casino. When I moved, I found the program from mm, that's that. That's right. And I think what's so funny is I actually went back and read articles about that exhibit and how it was just, like, a very looked-down-upon situation that it was put at Foxwoods. Because it was just like oh, the fact that it was at like a casino, it, it really cheapened it. It yeah. was like if it was on display in the in the United States and traveling, it should be at the Metropolitan Museum of Art. It was a lot What a lot of royal experts were saying back then, it just didn't feel right. And there were nods that the family felt uncomfortable and it came from the Althorpe estate. So anyways, I was just reading more about it because it's so perplexing to me that I did so see it. So interesting. But yeah, I don't think I, I had have. the appreciation back then because I was pretty young. So I was just like, I was looking at the exhibit and obviously a fan of Diana, but I don't think I would have appreciated it in the way I would have now.
0: Well, and one of the big things, it's like, oh, like, she's come home. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just that the dress is now at her former residence at Kensington Palace, which it hasn't been ever. I think that was one of the big marketing things. So I do think that that is such a contrast from, you know, touring around the United States in random places. Like, it really is at her home. It's where it was stored. It's where it belongs. So I just think, I don't know, that's pretty incredible.
1: So rewatching the wedding, I will say that I also felt like some of the photos just don't do it justice because it is stunning in photos, but watching mm-hmm. her move in it, you forget like Diana Satcher, she was so tall. It, it, I mean, that train, the veil, it was
0: the antique
1: lace too. Like I think the dress magical. has
0: kind of, I, I mean, I honestly would never put something like that on my body <laughs> for my own wedding, but <laughs> I think that it has grown on me a lot. It's grown and on I, me so much.
1: What was your wedding dress like, Rachel, by the way? Mine was very I, like, fitted. Can it was like kind of picture it, but I It can't. had like cap sleeves and it was yeah, it was fitted. It was like um a Marquesa. And you got it in New York? Yeah, I got it in New a Marquesa? York. Marquesa. It was Marquesa, oh. yeah. And I like wow. really spent I felt like it was the one thing I wanted to spend money on and I loved my dress. But it wasn't, you know, it wasn't Princess Poofy. I did try yeah. on some of those dresses, but it you just did. didn't feel like me. Like every time I put them yeah. on, it just was like I felt swallowed up by the dress. <laughs> and I, I feel, feel like that you that's kind of what
0: you know, could happen. You looked so timeless, though, in your pictures. I feel like Aww, I'm picturing thanks. you guys with the clear umbrella. Oh yeah, because it poured. <laughs> it, but it, in Brooklyn Bridge Park, right? Yeah, it was, it was, wow, was Roberta, so, so stunning. But wasn't there a little lace, like at the bodice? Oh no, no, it was
1: all lace. It was definitely oh, lace. Was. Yeah, oh, it was, it was okay, very okay. delicate lace. So, but I and I loved that. But it wasn't that you just as you try on wedding dresses, you kind of can see like how it's just quality really matters, and I think that's with Diana's dress, like. It was all hand sewn, it was hand beaded, all of that stuff makes such a difference. And the
0: antique lace, the soviet, the bow. Yeah, it's just like all the details when you know that it's like what she wanted. Mm -hmm.
1: But it was a huge break for her to choose the Emmanuels because they were totally undiscovered. And it was her making a bold choice because she steered away from like the Norman Hartnells that were doing the Queen's, you know, previous, all the traditional people that other royal brides had worked with, Diana, went her own way.
0: Oh, I was going to say, but there was a dress mishap
1: oh yes yes there was what happened
0: with the perfume so she
1: she spilled on herself according to her makeup artist from the day she spilled i guess it it had to have been just a drop because we know from matthew's story that she did have a backup skirt for the wedding dress if she stained it significantly but that's why when she enters supposedly she had her hand exactly on the spot that was stained but it was just she tipped her bottle accidentally of the a little too much and it made like a dribble
0: and it really was so creased when she got out. Like you can even see front I like the footage re watching it recently and just seeing how when she got out, this whole side up the side of the dress is just so wrinkly. And I just, oh, uh, my heart breaks because like it it actually kind of looks like purposeful in a way yeah. because the whole the whole skirt is like that, but. I do think that the Emmanuels—that was the one thing that it's like, oh, they did yeah. not plan for it to be scrunched up like in a that loofah little, in tiny the carriage. carriage. Yeah. I mean, I
1: think I read that it almost looked like she was in a carriage full of like dish bubbles or something. Yeah. Where it's like, I mean, she was really just because well, her dad was squished in, in there too, and he yeah. was a tall, big—he's a big guy, guy. Yeah. yeah. So, but we know that you know Diana invited the entire staff of the nursery school and that she had worked with leading up to her engagement with Charles, and over seven hundred and fifty million people in seventy-four countries tuned in to watch of course it wasn't the fairy tale that we thought it would be
0: i don't think i was happy i think i was i never tried to call it off in the sense of really doing that but i think the worst day of my life
1: that's from diana in her own words the documentary by tom jennings who was on um, our podcast which is a great episode so. if you haven't heard that one definitely go so back and listen good. to it's it such a yeah throwback. but it was the worst ah, day of her life that's what she described it as
0: heartbreaking I know just to think like we you know it is a little weird because it's like we're celebrating the 40th anniversary of a marriage that completely dissolved you know what I mean mm-hmm. and to celebrate something that really was so painful for these two people yeah, I that's think very true it's hard to, you know you kind of have to put it in the light of this we're looking at it as the day of and the celebrations that occurred mm-hmm. on July 29th, 1981. But in the greater context of what happened, and obviously hindsight is twenty twenty, we know that it just, it was painful memories for Diana. I think that at the end of her life, like it it was something that she regretted so much. Mm-hmm. And so it's good yeah. to think about it at, with both frames of mind. Because I think, you know, we're cheersing, we're celebrating, you know, it's a, an occasion that brought us, William and Harry brought us so much joy at the time. And so I I do think, you know, it's good to remember those things. But also Charles was not happy about it either. We know it wasn't just one-sided. So he later told his biographer, Robert Jobson, and Charles at 70 said, I desperately wanted to get out of the wedding in 1981, when during the engagement I discovered just how awful the prospects were, having had no chance whatsoever to get to know Diana
1: beforehand. Mm. Ugh like set up for I like was like we're just gonna stop for a minute because I was like oh it's just awful to hear I mean Star knowing crosses. you know it was just it was it wasn't like an arranged marriage but it almost was you know because it, it was like the pressure that they were under to make it work and everyone was like here's Diana this like young perfectly malleable woman for Charles and I think that that's what's so fascinating hindsight looking back that She was anything but. Like, even with the wedding, you know, she omitted the word obey, for example. You know, she did little things that were just, she made it, she knew, she had an internal confidence that they didn't, weren't able to plan for, but go Diana.
0: Yeah, she was always true to herself and so brave. And I think, you know, but then we know, you know, it was, a lot of the things she was swept up in the tide, like you said. I just think that she she was 12 years younger. She was, she's just like, Nervous and excited, and doesn't know what to expect. Supposedly, though, Prince Charles cried the night before because he was that conflicted over his love for Camilla, and Camilla was there, and a ton of his exes, which I didn't know. And I just I feel learned, like that so. happens
1: all the time, right? At Harry and Meghan's, weren't some of his wasn't Chelsea Davy at his wedding? Yeah, I think you're right, but I don't think Trevor Engelson was at their no, wedding. No, no. <laughs> Did you have any exes at your no? I think it's like a British society thing. Don't you know what I mean? Oh my gosh, absolutely not. Were any exes? No, no. I'm trying to think. No, (laughs) like wait, let me think for a second. No, Um, okay. So then that's weird. Like that's it's weird. weird. I think it's a British society thing. Okay, but I don't think I'd have any. Yeah. yeah, Favorite moments. I want to hear like what jumped out to you. Rewatching. Okay, so I love that
0: Diana. You mentioned this really quickly, but I love that Diana omitted the word "obey" from the wedding vows. She was the first girl to do that. And I think, I believe, when we talked about Fergie's wedding last week, that Fergie said the word obey. I think that yes, she went yes, back she did. five years later to the tradition of saying it. So just interesting contrast there. It's just amazing. Like, think
1: about it. She was 20, and she had that – thought to omit the word obey like that's, i think if i was yeah. 20 i would just be like going through the motions
0: totally totally in a lot of ways she did but i think for that she was pretty firm which is interesting and she it's was just like insightful on that it's yeah, yeah. maybe like a foreshadowing of mm-hmm. what's to come i also love that they started the balcony kiss tradition yes and that's out of a mistake
1: it was born out of a mistake right i think they forgot to kiss during the, oh, wedding. During the so yes then, yeah You're right and i love that um just kind of hearing people talk about it that that was everyone's like yes this is the modern monarchy and then you think about the <laughs> contrast how we look at Kate and William as the modern monarchy like it's like what you know you keep moving the needle a little bit forward well they kissed twice so they really yeah. did uh yeah one up yeah one-up exact yeah. comparison yeah I think I, for me I just really liked the arrivals I think that that's always fun like seeing I mean it's rewatching their wedding it's so short it's like 20 minutes but Margaret Thatcher and Nancy Reagan I think just on the heels of watching the crown and getting to know her via Gillian Anderson. But then John Travolta's revelations about that Nancy Reagan dinner at the white house. I thought it was, what was the John Travolta revelation? Well, just about the whole story of dancing with Diana, but we knew that Nancy Reagan hosted that party. And then just seeing people in the crowd fanning themselves. Like it is July. I mean, it's not a tropical destination or anything, but it was likely hot. I don't know if, St. Paul's Cathedral had air conditioning and, you know. Probably not. You know, one of the things that
0: makes me think of that with the temperature, because I feel like we're having a heat wave this summer, is um, they actually handed out, like, sick bags. Like, you get oh, on an airplane. yeah. To all the choir boys. Because they were, like, worried they would faint and get sick and throw up. So, like, it must have been scorching. It must have been and, really hot. Oh, I just think – Uh, That makes you think like, oh, man, because all those people waiting outside all night too Mm -hmm. in the streets.
1: Yeah. But let's let's talk about this cool new documentary, too, that everyone should watch. Let's get into it. So
0: it's called Wedding of the Century. It's a new documentary premiering the day this episode airs. So July 29th on BritBox, which is, if you don't know, a streaming service from ITV
1: and BBC Studios. It's really great. Highly recommend.
0: Really good. We got a screener. We're very lucky. We were sent a special screener ahead of time. So we've already watched the documentary. It's about an hour and a half. So not. it's a low list. It goes like minute. this,
1: though. I was It it. It does. And it. <laughs> last,
0: the last 25 minutes are the wedding. So... You can actually sign up for BritBox with a free seven-day trial, and then it's $7 per month after. So here's why you should watch. The footage that we talked about at the end, the 20 minutes of the wedding, is restored in 4K, and it is incredible. Like It just is like how you've never watched it before. It looks like it was filmed yesterday. The colors are vibrant. There's no – it's, it just feels so modern, and that was really exciting. It's so what did you crisp. Think that? Like, it was
1: yeah. – they do a little swipe away where you can see, like, this is what it was before, and then this is what we did to it after. And I was just like, it's amazing. Blown away. It's, Blown away. It's worth it.
0: It also features, which is really interesting, some new anecdotes from some new people who haven't really talked about the wedding for anything documentary or anything before so royal florist David Longman who met with Diana to make her bouquet is featured prominently there's also Royal Navy head Baker Dave Avery he did the wedding cake. there's royal photographer Kent Gavin who captured the ceremony from inside St. Paul's which is a big deal since a lot of the photographers were forced to stay outside for the ceremony um, and he also was asked later by Diana to capture Prince William's christening so it's really she obviously took you know a shine mm-hmm. to him. Um there's lots of footage of Elizabeth and Philip's royal wedding as kind of compare and contrast and also Margaret's wedding. I loved so that detail of the stock. I hadn't seen that much footage of no. of their royal weddings before. So that was really cool just to see, you know, all in one sitting, you know, all three of these major major royal I think that events. might have been my
1: favorite part was how they did a really great job of giving you all in one place the chance to compare and contrast the totally, different weddings. Totally.
0: There's just such a dearth of knowledge in this. I think, you know, these insidery details that we all love. There was Charles' exes, like we mentioned at the wedding. Charles was the one who requested that the Mountbatten Rose be included in the bouquet as a tribute to his Uncle Dickie. We know they were super, super close. Um, Also, they do a good job of placing the wedding in the context of what I was thought going this on was there. really interesting yeah there was like I didn't know this at the time because 1981 is known as you know the royal wedding of Diana and Charles but there was a lot of riots going on there was upheaval there was rebellion against Thatcher's Britain which we do see in the crown a little bit um, but for one inspiring wonderful day a whole nation came together and forgot its troubles and united in celebration and so I think that's what makes it
1: kind of lovely and I wonder, what do you think about if there's anything? I think it just really speaks to the power of the monarchy. Because I, when I was thinking about it after watching the documentary, is there anything in the United States that compares to that. I mean, we don't get to see publicized celebrity weddings. Like, I was like, oh, man, if I had been able to watch Brad Pitt and Jennifer Aniston's wedding (laughs) way back (laughs) when, I probably would have been very captivated. But not on the level of Diana, but I just loved that relationship. You know what's funny is, like, the past couple episodes, you (laughs) talked about George Clooney, Tom (laughs) Cruise,
0: and Brad Pitt.
1: (laughs) I feel like it really shows my age. My God. (laughs) No,
0: it's so funny. that you're. I love it. I I was like,
1: that was my, those are my hunks and heartthrobs when I was, like, growing up.
0: There really isn't, though. I mean, I think right now, because of how prevalent it is in the news, is the Olympics, which the country, you know, kind of comes together to celebrate our athletes, um, you know, regardless of... It's marred by a lot of things
1: happening right now, like COVID, but...
0: I don't know. Yeah, There's we not, just don't, we have don't. have public weddings. It probably like would have that. been like the
1: Kennedys. You know what I mean? A wedding like that, things like that. But it is pretty remarkable. But that even something like if you could like said, put aside all the strife and all the stuff that's say. going on. Yeah,
0: because like even an inauguration where a lot of people come together, it's for one party. It's very and polarizing. That yeah, yeah. So. Interesting. All right. Well, let's get into the impact on today's royals. And we wanted to first point out, you know, one of the things I want to discuss with you, Rachel, Mm -hmm. is looking back, Diana was so young. We know she was just turned 20. Charles was 32. I think they met when he was, she was 16 and Mm -hmm. he was 29. Mm -hmm. So, you know, a young couple, he even says like, we didn't know each other that well. Do you think that this had any significant impact in the way William approached Megan and Harry's relationship? Because we know, you know, he was kind of quick to warn Harry, like, listen, slow down. Like, you don't have to rush into this. What do you think?
1: I mean, I'm curious if it did. I don't, I mean, we definitely don't know, but I think that it is, you see what happened with Diana and Charles, like having only 13 dates before getting married. And a lot of them had supervision and family members around. It wasn't, on their own. And, you know, I think a distinction is that, you know, As I said before, I feel like Diana and Charles' wedding was a little bit prearranged in the sense that there was a lot of pressure for them to get married. Mm -hmm. Meghan and Harry, that was completely the opposite. You know, they found each other and fell in love. But I think a longer courtship is pretty critical, marrying into the royal family, because you need to know what you're signing up for. I mean, look at how many people that Charles dated for a brief period of time, and they all were like, nope, no freaking way. That's so I'm not signing up for this. And I think Meghan's revelation in the Oprah interview about, wait, like, you guys do all these formalities at home when you're not in public. And that was mm-hmm. news to her. Like clearly there's a lot to figure out. And so I'm curious yeah. if for William, you know, I don't know if that would have stemmed from his parents' courtship, but like it could have long winded I mean, answer. What do you think?
0: No, I think, I think too, like with William, you have to remember that like he went to university with Kate and they dated for 10 years and you know, it was such a different romance it was Mm -hmm. a different trajectory for and it's it's because oh i mean they they are on different paths william is going to be king one day harry is never going to be king you know so it just is it could have been that he was looking at his parents and thinking like look you know they they dated for less than a year they got married Mm -hmm. things did not work out spectacularly did not work out um but it's just yeah it's just an interesting thought i don't know mm-hmm. i would be curious to see what other rovers think but it is it's a it's a good uh good thought provoker yeah. what about kate and the cambridges and all the tributes to diana because there were a lot of tributes in their wedding first of all obviously the biggest one kate wears diana's engagement ring also her something old kate's something old was a blue ribbon sewn into her wedding gown mm-hmm. the one by alexander mcqueen and it could have even been the same one that Diana had sewn it to yeah, her. Yeah, we don't marriage. know. Yeah. know that. yeah.
1: Yeah. There's definitely been that, has been rumored for sure.
0: Yeah. There's lots of other tributes, too. I feel like William, there's, you know, all these moments of him greeting Diana's side of the family when he walks into Westminster Abbey. Uh, Elton John was on the guest list who performed at Diana's funeral. Mm-hmm. Is that
1: right?
0: Yeah. <laughs> We also have the impact on fashion. I mean, we talked about Diana's dress at length, but I feel like we need to say that, like, this was such a big turning point for royal fashion. Diana, like, really owned her own style. It was a departure from the queen, who I think, you know, is wonderful in the sense that we come to expect, you know, we we know what to expect from the queen. We know that she's going to wear bright colors it feels very comforting to see her in the same kind of similar outfit formula each time. But Diana is a surprise and her dress, her wedding dress was a surprise. And so I think it's really, it was a exciting, you know, flashpoint in royal fashion to see that and to see her kind of take the stage, take center stage. The fairy tale princess. Yeah. I mean, she really
1: embodied that on this day. Uh, I also just thought like in the documentary in particular, there's amazing footage of all the street celebrations and just kind of, you know, people, I loved the shots. There's shots of people trying to sleep. Like I was like, you're going to sleep out in the street in the middle of a party. And, You look kind of annoyed when the cameras are on you and stuff like that. But it really shows, like, you know, towns having parties with all the neighbors getting together in communities in the UK. I think I'm just so interested for next year to just see how the Platinum Jubilee will compare, you know. Same,
0: same. It's so, it's such an exciting time. And, like, the people sleeping, and by contrast, there's also footage of people dancing out front, outside of the pub. So drunk. Just so drunk and like, so like, I I don't know. It's just like
1: the energy from that, I think. It must have been exhilarating for Diana and Charles to go down the streets and just have that sort of community love. I wonder if any Roros
0: were at Yes, that's such a good question. Who knows? Please send us an email. Please let us know. Yeah, that would be amazing. All right. Before we adjourn the Royal Pod, here are our Royal Wedding Highs and Lows.
1: It's time for the Royal Highs and
0: Lows my low is diana's revelation years later that it was the worst day of her life i feel like that's just uh, it makes you really think like you know should we be celebrating this i just i don't know that's a huge bombshell too and something that was included in those interviews she did for the andrew morton book and i just wonder if harry's memoir will say anything nearly as explosive as that if there's going to be kind of these major revelations or not Yeah, you know I really want to know his side of the story but I do think it could I mean but that's the thing is like back then the press really thought that Diana's biography would destroy the monarchy and you know so I don't know
1: Yeah, I totally agree. I'm so curious what he's going to cover. Milo is just, again, the age gap between Diana and Charles. In the documentary, they talk about what was... One of the experts in the documentary talks about how unique and bizarre it actually was that no publication in the UK mentioned the age gap. I mean, it's not, I guess by modern standards, it's like, it's not that significant, but I think it is significant and because of how young diana was and what she was entering into so i think just knowing that everyone kind of brushed over that in favor of the fairy tale is definitely a low for me totally also we have to mention
0: Lady speaking Kate of age Spencer. yeah speaking of age gaps <laughs> what's going on there because she's about to get married supposedly and he is older than her dad which there's nothing wrong with that there's no, totally nothing wrong but it is i think in the context of you're in This position and Diana. What's weird is like she was so young, but she also had not gone on that many dates with him. That's crazy. It's like if she had gone on, if they've been dating for you know two or three years, like she's prepared for this role, she's ready, even though she is twenty. Okay, but it was the combination of those two things. I think that really was a perfect storm, set her up for disaster. Yeah, Um, my high though is. I just think there's so many big milestones this year and I feel so lucky to celebrate them with Rachel on oh, the podcast, <laughs> this is a sappy one. And although some of them are sad, like I think, you know, Diana would have been 60, there was 40 years since the wedding, the statue, um, ha- they have a little tinge of sadness to them, but I even I feel so lucky to be uh, here
1: with you, Rachel. I know, it's <laughs> honestly such a privilege to have this forum. I mean, not to go on a tangent, but it really is so exciting <laughs> that I'm like, oh my gosh, I get to connect with Roberta and we get to like really passionately talk about Chat the royals about this, yeah so. it's been, a, it's it's been a roller coaster of a royal we actually, year
0: <laughs> we actually really have to squeeze ourselves into, like, a time constraint. Otherwise, we will be talking for two hours and I feel like our producer is
1: like, yeah. you guys need to. I'm going to wrap this up <laughs> right now. Along. Yes. Yeah. My my high real quick is the reveal in the documentary that Diana forgot her bouquet when exiting the royal wedding carriage to walk into St. Paul's Cathedral. I thought that that was just kind of another detail that shows... Someone brought it to her very quickly and expediently, but I feel like I love... It just shows the nerves and everything that's going on because you, like, have... Thank God you have on your wedding day a lot of times... Like a coordinator or somebody obviously at the royal wedding give a lot more people paying attention to you but i think it just does you know there's all these things you just don't remember so
0: well it was fascinating to like the florist in wedding of the century documentary says he was like i was furious <laughs> when i saw the the tv news coverage live of her getting out and no bouquet and we you know obviously they worked months and months on this bouquet and then he said, finally, someone ran up, but for a hot second, he was about to lose his shit. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> So exactly. Is there anything just like – I keep asking you about your wedding because I don't have experience in this realm. But, like, was there anything that you were, like – forgot that kind of moment that was like oh uh, and then now looking back it like, doesn't matter at all.
1: There was a bouquet moment actually when I walked um. down the aisle at the end my sister cuz you get to the front and you hand your bouquet to your maid of honor my sister didn't give it back to me not her fault but um <laughs> I didn't have it in my exit pictures and because it was peonies and bright coral peonies I was like man I really wish those were in the photos but you know at the end of the day it doesn't it really doesn't matter. But I did think it was interesting how different Diana's bouquet was to Fergie's which we also talked about last week. You know yes. Fergie had that sort of S shape and I kind of said maybe it was just the style in 80s because we're used to these overgrown bouquets. But Diana's bouquet was actually very wild looking and overgrown and long and over the top. So
0: yeah, it feels very very different. You could definitely carry that now, I think, and it would look pretty normal. Yeah. Um, All right, well, just a reminder before we close, leave us a royal rating. Here is a review titled Almost Perfect. I found myself really enjoying the podcast lately. Rachel and Roberta have really found a good groove. As a POC listener, I really appreciate them bringing up more conversations about race into the mix. That being said, can we please have more black POC guests on the pod? I think it would add more depth, especially when talking about the complexities of the royal family and their history with race, racism in something like William's statement. There's so many great commenters in the Facebook group if you don't have any on deck, Duchess MM Grace on Instagram is a great black run royal account. I feel like those are so rare, is what this person said. Such a good call. Totally hear you. We have her on our radar and we're super excited for the slate of guests we have coming up this fall. And as a reminder, please follow us on Instagram. So many fun things this fashion brackets diana revenge dress breakdown so many cool things on instagram also send us an email were you at the royal wedding did you watch the royal wedding on tv let us know info at gallerypodcasts.com and you can follow us personally i'm at robbie frito on
1: instagram and i'm at rkb until next week god, god save, save the pod. pod her majesties of royally obsessed have retired for this episode